The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour With your hosts Joe Bob Ah, you're awful And A.J. Appleton Sin Shu Chu Mouthful Welcome back to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net and writer over at SoCalledFantasyExperts.com. Uh, AJ is having a good old time down in Cancun this week, so I have brought on a, uh, a guest co-host tonight, Tyler Thompson. Um, I think he's having some technical difficulties, though. Let me see if I can find him. There's two different callers here, so let me pick the bright one, hopefully. Tyler, you there? Hey, am I here? Hey, what is going on, man? So I guess oh, this one works. Uh, uh, you were trying to connect the other way, and it wasn't working? Yes, and I have a uh, now-defunct PlayStation headset. I'm just now figuring out so that's that's fun probably why it's not working (laughs) all good all good so i am going to hang up on that one then because i'm gonna guess that other tyler is you anyway man so we have a a pretty busy show tonight we got a lot of players in baseball that we're trying to to go through and tell our listeners whether or not buy low sell high I guess hold is always an option, but that's no fun. But anyway, um, (laughs) what I want to get into before we talk about any of that is the DL this year. And look, I write about it every week and I feel like I'm crazy for writing about it every week, but not after the stats that you sent today, which was incredible. And thanks to fan graphs, these numbers are astronomical so for all of you that are in your leagues going my gosh the dl there's so many players on the dl you are 100 percent right and for anybody that's calling you a little whiner because you know maybe they've gotten just super lucky and don't have any players on the dl somehow or only maybe one or two um yeah you can tell them to, to shove it pretty pretty quickly now because these stats, Tyler, that you found from Fangraphs are crazy. So just for a point of reference, this, this chart that, that they put up today um, went back through the last, what, five, six years, six years, and broke down the number of d- disabled list trips, broke it down from April 15th to April 31st, and then May 1st to the 15th, and then totaled it. Um, so, you know, typically the last six years, you've got 85, 83, 85, and then 92, it peaked, uh, or 2015, it peaked with 92 total. And then in 2016, it actually dropped last year to 70 this year. However, thanks to our good friend, the 10 day DL, we're at 122 DL trips. (laughs) It's crazy it's impossible to manage a team this way in fantasy baseball, in my opinion. And, you know, 
I'm never one to try and say, oh, we need to we need to change the rules mid season to, to help out. Look, I'm not gonna like like I'm not gonna do that mid season, but next year if the ten day DL is still here, I'm absolutely trying to change every single league I'm in and getting more DL spots, if not infinite DL spots. And if any league has like a limited number of pickups, you're just going to have to increase it and figure out another way to combat streaming of pitchers. And I mean, do you agree with this Tyler? Mostly. So the the issue with the infinite DL spots, I've never been in a league with infinite DL spots, but it seems like, you know, you could just pretty much pick up anyone and everyone that is on the DL that is on the waiver wire and just throw them there because you have the DL spots. But um, I'm all for increasing the number of DL spots in leagues. I mean, if, if teams like, say, the Dodgers are going to have the embarrassment of riches to have – seven or eight starting pitchers, you know, pretty, pretty decent starting pitchers. They're going to say, okay, we're going to give you a rest because you're quote unquote hurt. We're going to throw you on the DL 10. I'm not making accusations, but I am making accusations. Um, I mean, it's going to, these numbers are probably going to increase as the years go on with the DL 10. I think teams are just now picking up on it and the Dodgers kind of were the first ones to exploit it. Yeah, I uh, I sadly agree with you, man. The whole Maeda DL trip was a lot of nonsense, in my opinion. I mean, he's been pitching. He hurt his hamstring week, you know, a couple weeks ago, and he's now just going on the DL now after he almost threw a complete game shutout. Mm, right? Really? Okay. Yeah, something is a little odd there. Yeah, I mean, infinite DL spots might be a little far. I mean, I don't know, five, six? I mean, it's got to be a lot. I've got constantly – I've been dropping players on my teams who are good players because they're on the DL, and I can't manage I – can't, I can't roster a team. Um, I mean, it's either that or you have to increase the roster size so much – that you can just have all of these reserves and then you having players on the GL don't really hurt you. You know, almost like the size of a di- like our dynasty league, it's 40, t- 40 uh, two players. I've got like eight players on the DL. I don't care. I have 40 people on my roster. <laughs> it doesn't matter, you know? Right. So uh, maybe it's almost, you know, like that. Like you've got to increase the roster size by like 10 or you got to increase the DL spots by a ton in order to deal with it. But something needs to be done. Right. This, this, is out, this is out of control. And it doesn't even make it fun. Like, it's just not fun. And I'll be curious to see what uh, some of these big money leagues like uh, like NFBC does in the future. Um, seven bench spots is kind of – that's always been their format. And in weekly leagues like that, I mean, I've got seven DL players – without dropping guys like Cam Bedrosian, who I think will be the closer when he comes back. And there, I mean, it's, yeah, it's gotten out of control. I'll, uh, I'll be curious to see what they do for next year. Yeah. It, you know, the DL doesn't 
hurt you as bad in weekly formats because obviously, you know, as long as you've got enough guys starting for the week, you're good. Like it's even you're matching, you know, what 20 players versus 20 players for the week against the, you know, everybody else. But in, in daily formats, you know, daily daily lineup change formats, like most of my leagues are, you just get destroyed by all these DL spots. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, still, the NFBC, I think, is going to have to adjust. I mean, I know they've, you know, stuck to the format for a while. This is the first year that I've played it, um, and I'm playing it with you. Um, it, we're, you know, we've got, I think, at least two thirds, if not three quarters of our bench is all DL spots right now, all DL players right now. And I mean, again, it sucks. It's good players on the DL. That's why we're holding on to them. I'd rather have them not be on the DL, but it's not crushing us. Um, it's just inconvenient. <laughs> so it's one less option when we have to set lineups every week, it's like, oh, well, we don't have to worry about these five players because they're on the DL. But, yeah, the DL's got to – I think everybody's going to have to adjust to this DL and do it quickly. I'm not even – I'm not even out, um, out here saying that you absolutely cannot change the rules midseason. I mean, I don't think anybody expected it to be this crazy. You know, so most people just left their DLs alone. You know, I I think every once in a while there is a, a reason to alter rules midseason. I mean, the, the logic of not doing it is obviously, you know, people would have probably drafted a little bit different. It's not like it's like everybody's in the same boat at this point. Like everybody would have drafted differently had there yeah, been no more one, deals. No one saw this coming. So right. you know, and everybody like I don't, I honestly don't know of a lot of people in any of my leagues that aren't getting burned by the DL. I mean, yeah, the teams that are in first place are going to go. Well, I don't care. It's going to get you. I guarantee it. it. You know, you just gotten through it a little bit better than everybody else but i'm not totally opposed to changing the rule mid-season if 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 the whole league votes for it because i think you know it's affecting everybody the same it's not like it's one thing that's like affected a couple people and then you're changing it like that's always a no-no but now this is a big time it's affecting everybody the same everybody drafted over the same rules i don't think it's totally crazy to try and do it you know now or you know in a week or two um but it's it, i would think it has to happen soon if it's going to um then anyway let's get to what everybody came to listen and that is buy low sell high so we've got a, a fairly long list of players um we're, we're gonna make sure we get to about i think we've got what anywhere from 10 to 12 players kind of highlighted here. And if we got some time for the rest, then we'll do it. If not, let's call it a night and, you know, so be it. You can always ask us questions on Twitter. Um, I'm at fancy six pack. You are the real Wody, right? I'm really bad That's with right. Twitter names. Um, so anyway, the, the first guy that I'm going to mention here and, Look, we've got them listed under categories of buy low, sell high, 
but it doesn't mean that we are absolutely in agreement with it. It's just that would be where they land in a trade scenario right now. So Carlos Gonzalez, are you buying low on him? I think he has to, he has to be the unluckiest guy in the league right now as far as <laughs> the baseball gods turning against him. Um, I, I would, I would buy low on, on cargo. And I did a, uh, I did a quick calculation earlier today where uh, I took Z scores of StatCast X, average exit velocity and BABIP. And I know exit velocity isn't just the end all be all for having a high BABIP or whatever, you know, certain players, different profiles tell you whether or not BABIP is sustainable or not. But I did Z score of exit velocity, average exit velocity minus the Z score for BABIP. And Cargo was not as high as I thought he would be, but he was still in the top 15% as far as um, you would think the bad bit will be a little bit higher um, out of, I think, like 200 qualified players. So he has that going for him. He's hitting – his hard hit percentage is going up as the month – as the months progress and his average is going down. I just – it's just really a conundrum – I think he's going to come around. Yeah, I uh, I 100% agree with you. And in fact, I wrote an article, you know, fancy pros will ask people who are included in their experts, expert consensus rankings to kind of do these little guest articles, you know, answer the question type of deal. They get three or four or five writer, you know, experts to, to chime in. And they asked me to do a buy low, sell high. And my buy low was easily Carlos Gonzalez. And that was like a little over a week ago now. And it's the same deal. I mean, it's, it's weird though. Like, you know, the walk percentage is actually up. The strikeout percentage is right where it was, you know, last year, basically in the year before. Uh, it's just, yeah, the, the bad bit is incredibly low. Um, you know, obviously the average is down, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, it's just the exactly. I mean, you what what you you know you said they're all about like the contact rates. I mean, it's it's all the same. <laughs> like nothing's really different. It's just not happening, and it's so weird. Um, it it could be that he's is he hitting more ground balls? Is that the deal? Actually, I did. Yeah, actually he is. So, I mean, that could potentially be what's happening. You know, he's hitting a lot more ground balls. He's over 50% for the first time in his career. Um, So, you know, that's something to look into. Like maybe he's just not getting enough lifts, but I mean, look, he plays in Colorado. That's going to, I would imagine that's going to eventually happen. Once it starts getting really warm there, the balls is going to start, you know, he's already, he, he's going to start lifting it and getting it out. And I, I just find it hard to believe that this is the Carlos Gonzalez that we have now. So he's a huge buy low for me. Um, so, so when all things are clicking, he's an outfield one, obviously. Uh, what, what are you trying to buy him at from, from some other owner who's just sick, sick of him? 
like an outfield three value, outfield four value even? Yeah, I mean, I think honestly a, a lot of people probably, you know, last year was what, his his first really healthy, well, in the last two years, I guess he's been pretty healthy. So maybe, maybe people aren't as burned by that. But, you know, I think us long-term players here have – you know, remember the injury history. So, you know, maybe somebody's kind of, maybe somebody's kind of thinking, oh, maybe he's hurt. Maybe he's playing through it and thinking, oh, he'll hit the DL plus the bad performance. So, yeah, I mean, somebody who's been just playing, I, you know, (laughs) we're, we're going to probably, you know, I think we're probably going to talk about one of the guys that I actually mentioned trading for him and, and so I, I'm not going to give it away, but yeah, I mean, somebody like a current outfield two, who's kind of overperforming right now, maybe an outfield three who's overperforming right now. Um, it, I'm not obviously going to try and sell any, anybody who I, I think is legit and going to stay there. I think I'm, I'm looking to sell somebody who, who just is kind of a, meh guy you know but is playing a little over his head like maybe maybe an Althea guy type of player who's playing really well right now and a lot of people are you know a lot of hype surrounding him right now so just go ahead and try and make the move I really doubt that I would actually do it I think in in most leagues that's not going to do it but I wouldn't be surprised if in like you know Joe Schmo's league down the road people don't you know aren't fully paying attention they just look at straight numbers that would actually go through i've seen way worse <laughs> so sure um moving over to the pitching side because this is uh what you like to focus on more than anything we got jake arietta and man like i'll be honest with you i was worried about him to start the year i i kept every time i looked at him in the in the spring training, I kept knocking down my rankings every week. I don't remember where he finished in my rankings, but it was a lot lower than, you know, the consensus. So I was not very high on this guy to begin with. Um, velocity was down. I don't actually know if it's still down. I haven't really been looking, but uh, I know the performance is not there. That is for sure. So what do you say on Jake Arietta? Well, the uh, I, I was with you in the preseason as far as just wear and tear. He had pitched in two straight postseasons. Um, so I think the, S, the SP1 days are gone. But if people have soured on him enough, you know, to, to drop him below, say, like an SP3 caliber pitcher, I, I think that's kind of foolish. Um, he's still got a great strikeout-to-walk ratio. Um, skills independent ERA supports supports his uh, his peripherals. So I, I kind of wanted to get your take on that. As far as I'd buy him as an SP three, but I don't think anyone's selling me Jake Arrieta based on you know his name base as an SP three. Yeah, it's funny because I'm I'm just desperate for help in 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 our league and our fancy six pack league. And I was looking at Jake Arietta and was like, you know, I wonder if it's worth the risk for me. I mean, I mean, (laughs) 
almost dead last in that league. Just injuries and poor performance. I mean, I've got like my best players on the DL. Kluger and Donaldson and a whole bunch of other guys have hit the DL for me. I mean, I'm just complete disarray. You know, I'm kind of thinking of – I'm kind of thinking. <laughs> I'm kind of thinking to myself, should I take a risk on an Arietta and see if the guy would sell him for like super cheap at this point? But I don't really know what he would go for. Um, I'm just at this point, I, I just don't know. Uh, I mean, would you, would you sell him for like uh, I don't know. I mean, probably not a McCullers. McCullers is good. Like, people really like him, and for good reason. Um, Like a Robbie Ray? Yeah, Robbie Ray's not that good. Never mind. He's been blown up a few times. Man, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I... God. Like, uh, Like doing Bundy. Yeah, you know, I just I just looked at it. I was literally about to say that. I mean, Dylan Bunny's been good. Um, you know, I'm I'm I keep clicking on guys that I think should be better, and then I keep looking at their ERA, and they're like in the mid fours. I'm like, what in the world is going on? Um, you know, like like a Michael Waka or something. Even I think that would be kind of the line. It would be like a Michael Waka line. You know, like Waka. I wonder if people would like be willing to do Marco Estrada. I mean, he's he's right there with him. So, I mean, it's the same type of deal where, like, he's been performing better. Um, it's – are you you just totally sick of Arietta to the point where you don't want to deal with a ERA and a five and a whip almost a one, one and a half? Um, that's That's an interesting one. I mean, I don't think I would personally do it. But if you can get that deal, then I think it's worth it. So, and and obviously, I I think you know when we get to our our sell our sell high guys, you know I I think those are potential candidates to sell for somebody like like a struggling Arietta. I mean, those are like the perfect trades where you sell the guy at you know at his highest value and you get Arietta a guy of his caliber at the lowest value and you just that's right you get it right at that like tipping point of both i mean it, it's hard to do but i've seen it happen another pitcher struggling right now that a lot of people have you know a lot of hopes high hopes for is danny salazar and he's in our bilo area and look i'll be honest with you <clears throat> i've got him in in our dynasty league and i don't I mean, I keep throwing him out there. He's not getting me a lot of negative points. It's a points league because he strikes out 10 batters a game. That helps. Man, he is getting lit up right now, and it's it's not looking good. I mean, his fit is at least making me a little – have a little bit of optimism – but man, he's got to turn this around quickly for me not to sour on him pretty bad. But what what, sure. what do you think about Salazar? I mean, the strikeout rate is amazing, 13 and a half. Right. And that can be that can be a little misleading sometimes, but he's actually got a 
33% uh, K percentage. So that's not the issue. Um, yeah, I think I am actually pretty, uh, pretty high on him going forward just because of that strikeout to walk ratio. I mean, obviously the walks are pretty crazy and he's got to, he's got to limit that, but 23.7% home run to fly ball rate is, uh, I don't even think Jared Weaver has that. I mean, I'm not <laughs> looking at it, but um, actually, yeah, maybe. Well, he's but also he's allowing guy. a lot of fly balls. So that's, I mean, it's, it's like a double whammy sure. there. Like, he's allowing a lot of fly balls, and they're all going out. <laughs> you know, almost so a how does that explain – how does that explain I mean, the 388, 388 bad bip? If the balls that aren't leaving the yard are still, you know, allowing 38% of the hits to go for hits, I should say. No, I, I know what you're saying. Um, I, yeah, it's it's pretty it's it's pretty mind-boggling, honestly. Like I I can't. I mean, I don't think a lot of people can answer you. Because it's it's pretty crazy. Um, I mean, it's not like his contact rate is any worse than last year. If anything, it's eh, it's slightly worse. I mean, he's allowing a little bit more medium contact. And, it, and if we're looking at last year's stats, the ground ball percentage was forty eight percent last year. So it's not like he's always been a fly ball prone pitcher. Well, right. That's what I'm saying. Like this year, he's allowing a lot more fly balls. Actually, you know what's killing him now that I'm looking at him a little bit harder? He's allowing 7% more line drives than he did last year. So it's not that he's allowing more fly balls. It's that he's he's pretty much the same amount of fly balls as last year and the year before. It's just that a quarter more, like a bunch more of them are going out. And then the ones that aren't fly balls or the ones that aren't ground balls, like the difference is all in line drives. And obviously we know that those are the worst. You want to reduce your number of line drives. Line drives hit, you know, land for hits more than any other pitch, any type of hit. So that's why his bad bit is so high. So maybe, you know, people just have figured him out and they're able to just turn on him. I mean, obviously he's got the strikeouts, I wonder if he's got like a take take a page out of like Chris Sale's book, where Chris Sale a couple of years ago just said, "I'm not I'm going to stop trying to strike people out, and I'm just going to try and pitch more efficiently and last longer." And you know, to where this year Salazar's going, "I want to strike everybody out, and he can't go more than four or five innings because he's getting destroyed." And because when sure. you know he's like effective, he's effectively wild you know and that's you can tell that because of the walk rate the walk rate is still above four and he needs to cut that down so it's like he's either walking them striking out or allowing a hit there's basically like very few that seem like are going for little rounders to first base i don't know i mean yeah. I'm, I'm i'm on the fence with him i mean for the right price i think i'd buy him uh, I'm not giving up anybody that I have confidence in. Um, I just in a 
you know, I'd almost say like a dynasty league, but it's getting to the point where him and dynasty, like in our league, I mean, he's turning, he'll be 28 next year. He's never quite shown that I'm going to be dominant guy stuff. He has periods where he does it. Uh, the first half of last year was that time, and then he got hurt. But now, I don't know what to say about him. I mean, I think he's going to be better than than five six six ERA. I mean, his FIP obviously show that. But he's got he's got to get the line drives cut down. That's what it is. That's what's killing him. Yeah, line drives and home runs. A little misleading, misleading about line drive rate. I have my uh, handy dandy sample size. Uh, page saved up and uh, for line drive rate to normalize it takes 650 balls in play so you know that could that could sway one way or the other with uh you know with more with more uh batter's face well sure i mean it's you know it's still i mean we're getting to the point where this isn't a small sample size anymore but it like it's not a full season, so when you're comparing it to a full season of, of work, and I mean that that's right. why these guys ultimately become buy low or sell high because you think, you know, you you look at their history, you look at their career numbers, and you say, okay, this is going to normalize at some point, maybe not get all the way back at the end of the year to where he you think he's going to be because he had such a bad start, but he'll get close, and from here on out. He's going to be as good, if not better, than his career numbers to get back to have things normalized. And that's what you're buying on. So do we think from this point going forward, Salazar is going to be better than a, a career ERA of 3.8 and you know a strikeout, percent, a strikeout rate of over 10? I, I mean, I don't really see any reason why not. Maybe not his next start, uh, but it's it's. I think it's got to get better than what it is. That's for sure. So it's just he definitely does fall in that by low category, but he's not he's not my favorite by low by any means. So another guy. I'll go back to the hitting side here. Uh, Gregory Polanco. I mean, th- this guy's done a whole lot of nothing, and the. Uh, and the are dreadful on offense. I mean, every time I see a pitcher facing them, I'm going, "Ooh, yay, Pirates!" Um, which was not the case, you know, last year or the year before even. So it's it's kind of sad to see them be this bad all of a sudden. And Gregory Blanco is definitely not helping his, you know, helping here. He started to get a little bit better. He's got his average back up. You know, I think it was in the almost low 200. So I'm just looking now; it's it's back into up into the 250s. But, um, I mean, there's no power from him. I mean, last year he hit 22 home runs. He's now only got one. Um, the steals are still the the steals are starting to come. But, I mean, the 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 power is what you were hoping was going to stick around, and it's just it's just not. I mean, do we think that he is a a real bio candidate? and the power is going to return. I I don't think the power is going to return actually. Um I know last year he hit 22 but 
as 22 homers, but two two years ago, I mean, these stats are that he has right now are kind of on pace with what he did two years ago with the Pirates. Yeah. And and I mean, I don't I don't see any reason why it would just not continue to do this. Uh, so one homer, six steals right now. Steamer, Zips, all the projection systems have him hitting 12 homers, stealing 15 bags the rest of the way. Yeah. That's about what I was kind of thinking preseason, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's all the other numbers match up from last year. You know, when you, when you start looking at, you know, BABIP, and batting average and, you know, the walk rate's actually up, the strikeout rate's actually down. So that's actually an improvement. Um, what you tend to notice here is that, you know, contact rates are more along the lines of what he had two years ago and the year before that to where last year now looks like a big outlier, like you're saying, with 22 home runs and, you know, a big ISO a over 200. Yeah, big right. 205 ISO from from last year. You know, that looks like a huge outlier at the point. You know, time will tell. I mean, we'll we'll see. But I, I kind of agree with you that he might not be quite the buy low that some people are making him out to be. So I, I'd be leery buying him at this point, and it sounds like you agree. So another guy that, you know, a lot of people, you and me both included, really liked coming into this year was Alex Bregman and he is disappointing is putting it lightly. Uh, you know, this, this kid hit eight home runs in 49 games last year, you know, not that we were expecting a 30 home run guy, but you know, you were hoping for, you know, tw- somewhere in the twenties, at this point, he's right there with with Polanco in the power department. If anything worse, his ISO is only his ISO is below 100. So, is this guy a buy low? Do you think he's gonna just click? I mean, he hit he hit a grand slam three games ago, two games ago. It was it finally got on the board, but man, it took a lot longer than most people thought it would. Yeah. Um, his his case now is a little different because, you know, unlike Polanco, we haven't had like a full history, mm-hmm. um, not a full history, but, you know, a couple of years in the league. Uh, I mean, he hadn't hit 100 games yet. So we're still kind of guessing. But when you look at the, not the little things, but, the, you know, the other things outside of power at the plate, like plate discipline, his uh, swing strike rate's going down. Swing, he's not swinging at balls outside of the zone. You know, the kind of in, the intangible things where you're like, okay, he's doing all the things right. When the power comes, oh, man, it could really explode. Right. Those are the guys I, I do like to buy on, especially younger guys where yep. just one thing could click. You can go ahead. No, 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 I was, I was just saying, okay. So th- there was one other thing that really popped out to me when I was looking at his bad ball profile. 
a 19.4% infield fly ball rate. Now, I tried to do some studying on infield fly ball rates for hitters in the preseason, and all it taught me that Evan, was that Evan Longoria wasn't going to hit any home <laughs> runs this year. But I'm thinking that's going to come down a little bit. Does that come down in the form of regular fly balls? And if so, what happens then? So there's just a lot of a lot of variables going on, but he's someone. I mean, I've I've been hearing that people are dropping him in leagues. So if guys are Whoa. that sour on him, you can you can buy him for nothing. Uh, it sounds like you can get him for dirt cheap right now. So uh, look, I'm willing. I'm willing to you know. It almost sounds like you can get trade like a waiver wire guy that you picked up a week ago. For for him, I, I'd, I'd be willing to do it because I mean, what the likelihood of you keeping waiver wire people all year long is not very good. So, I I would do it if if it's that kind of price. <clears throat> um, like I come at you know, I come at you with Danny Valencia for Alex Bregman. <laughs> I wouldn't do it because um, I think Valencia is eventually going to crash and burn. Like he does every year, but yes. um, and you know, once that team gets healthy, where is he going to play? I think that's, that's kind of my that's point. Always, it's always been the concern with him. So it's like these buzz, these buzzword guys, these third basemen that are getting swooped up on the waiver wires while the Alex Bregman owners over there pouting and saying, "Oh, I have to hold on to Alex Bregman because of name value." It's like, all right, well, put your money where your mouth is. Let's uh let's make a deal. Yeah. So, you know, we've got a couple we've got a bunch of other guys on here that um I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on, but Jonathan Lucroy is another one. He is not that any catchers are really doing much of anything outside of Posey and I guess um Sanchez is starting to finally hit now that he's back. But Lucroy has been absolutely miserable. He's been losing playing time to Robinson Chineros or whatever the hell his last name is. Um it Look, Lucroy is getting better. He's at least, you know, starting to hit the ball, and his average is starting to come up. But I, I've got to believe that Lucroy is going to turn it around. It, do you believe that? Sure, to a degree. Yeah. Not not last not last year's version of Lucroy, but maybe the years before that. I don't know. I mean, I could see him go on a tear all of a sudden. I mean, he kind of does it in like huge chunks where he just. That is true. He'll have like two, three months where he's like incredible every season that he does this. And last year, I think it was obviously, you know, his limit. But um, and I, I got to think that LaCroix is going to turn around. So if anybody's getting really soured on him, I, I'd go ahead and pull the trigger and, and see what you can get for him. Other guys, you know, two first basemen, Anthony Rizzo and uh, Miguel Gonzalez, or uh, Mickey Cabrera. Um, Miguel <laughs> Gonzalez, no. Um I don't think there's anything you have to worry about these guys. I mean, they're professional hitters. They're they're good. The Cubs are kind of just struggling all around here, which is weird to see. After last year, they dominated so, so much. But I think all of these guys are – both of these guys are going to turn around. we got nothing to worry about here. You, you agree with that? Yeah, I think uh, you just take a quick look at their 
2017 BABIP and their career BABIPs, and you'll get a pretty good glimpse of why we think they're by candidates. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, yeah. And, uh, you you know, you've got a few guys here. A couple of them are like waiver wire ads almost, like buy low on the waiver wire, I guess. That's a weird one to say. But um, Max Kepler and Judd Lowry, I guess you're saying like, you know, dump, dump maybe like the worst player on your team and go get these guys like buy low on them now before somebody else does. Is Max Kepler really a waiver wire ad? That seems crazy to me. He yeah, could. he's getting he's getting <laughs> dropped in leagues. Wow. So he went on a good little run there like a couple weeks ago, but is I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to him to be honest, and maybe it's just cuz he plays from Minnesota, but um yeah, I mean I I'd, I'd be all for, you know, taking a risk on him and now all right, you're going to have to explain this one to me cuz I didn't know you wrote this down. Jeff Samarja. No. Justin Marge is like my least favorite pitcher. Him and um, oh, what's his name from the Yankees? I can't do him. I can't own them anymore. Uh, Pineda. Pineda. I can't own either one of them anymore. They always look amazing every once in a while. And Pineda have this stretch of two months where you're like, he's the best pitcher in the league, and then he does something stupid like put pine tar in his hat. Um, but <laughs> you know. Jeff Samarja, man, I can't – look, I know the strikeouts are there, but he's always been, like, average to below average, in my opinion. What's going to change? Well, I mean, I just uh, – I put him on there. He graded out really well on my uh, on my pitching peripherals chart. And uh, I threw him on there just to kind of gauge your thoughts because, I mean, I know some guys are just naturally, you know, either fit beaters or gods and then don't ever live up to their fit. But, and I realize these uh, fit effects, uh, they're just indicators. But, I mean, with a fit and ex-fit, a full two runs less than a ZRA, something's got to give. And he's never actually, when you look at his – previous history he's never actually been like his his era and fifth actually usually match up pretty well so something just tells me i mean if he keeps pitching like this it's gonna come around yeah i mean look i don't think he's a five era bad but i don't think he's good enough to trade for nothing of value i mean he's like i said he's always been kind of in a an average or below average pitcher uh except for in 2014 when he was and that was the year that everybody was like oh my god this guy's amazing blah 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 blah, blah. like and he went to the white Sox and was awful went to the giants last year and was okay and now this year he's with the giants again and he's bad so it's like i don't like him he just seems very hittable, no matter what he and that's, no matter what he does. He just seems hittable, and that's why he's a buy low guy because that's the same. That's probably the thoughts of ninety percent of the people in the community. So if you're buying Samarja as a streaming option, you're telling me you're telling me you wouldn't do it. 
Probably not, because most of these guys you can stream are going to be better than him in the long run. Mm. I'm streaming guys constantly that are better than Jeff Samarja. Constantly. And I have every single year I've played fantasy baseball. Except for 2014. <laughs> All right. It sounds like I'm not going to sway you here. No. <laughs> like, I have this guy on Twitter. He plays in this... Uh, he plays in this like eight team league and it's, it's hilarious. He always asks me about Jeff Samarja and I finally had to just tell him, I'm like, you can just stop asking me about Jeff Samarja. I'm never going to change my mind on him. Never. I don't like him. I, I've owned him like two or three times because he does it. He, he usually starts out better than this, which is really funny. He usually starts out better than this and then just, plummets um so i always like buy into him and he usually disappoints after that so i'm just i'm over him i'm done and now that he's starting off bad i'm like see this is what he does (laughs) so i can't do it i didn't know i that's funny i did not realize at all that you put that 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 you put that name down um i'm glad i'm really glad i saw that before we moved on but Let's move on to some sell high guys. And I, you know, I got to start first. The guy that I put down on the fantasy pros article for sell high. And granted this was two weeks ago or a week, a little over a week ago was Ryan Zimmerman. Now at that point he was, he was right off, right out of the end, end of his like big tear where he got up to 13 home runs. I don't think he's hit one since. But he's still considered really good. Um, a lot of people are thinking, you know, like he's going to save my season at first base because first base has been pretty disappointing this year. Um, my opinion, sell high. Like if the owner, the Mickey and Rizzo owners are crazy enough, I'd make the trade in a heartbeat. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think you could also, you know, just make the case that Maybe it just hold at this point because I think in most leagues where people are very you know savvy owners, they realize that this guy is very injury prone, very streaky in it throughout his career, and it's gonna come down. So they're not gonna trade you anything that's worth trading for, um, and you might as well just take what you can get from him at this point. That's my that's my honest opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, this is probably a guy that you got really late in draft or off the waiver wire. Off the waiver wire, more likely, yeah. So, so the value that you've got from him is just remarkable, and uh, sometimes you just have to keep rolling with it. I mean, I, I realize he has a twelve-year history of ground balls, and that's pretty much what's fueling this season it, for him is uh is a difference in a better ball profile. So I also saw a, uh, an article on, on fan graphs. I, I can't remember who the author was, but um, this is the best stretch of his career. And I mean, this yeah. is a guy who's had like pretty, pretty impressive numbers in like 2009 ish, 2011. So that's that's kind of saying a lot. 
I'm not saying that this is unprecedented, but it's like, come on, what what do we really believe in here? Yeah, I, I don't I don't think I can I can buy into him. I mean, look, if I had picked him up, off, I kind of kicking myself for not at least picking him up off the waiver wire. I, you know, I usually do. I usually do own him at some point in the season, and like almost every league I'm in, it feels like. But I just didn't pull the trigger this year, and wow, I really wish I did. But yeah, it's it's he's gonna come back to earth pretty quickly. Um, I think we're going to be talking a month from now going, oh, he's at like 14 home runs. <laughs> like it's just going to happen. So, or he's on the DL because that's what also happens to him. Sure. <clears throat> Back over to the pitching side here. Irvin Santana. Now, Irvin Santana is very interesting because you look at what he did last year uh, now, last year was the year that he got – did he get suspended that year or was that the year before? Year before. Yeah. So he was really good that year too, and then he got suspended, and I think it just kind of fell apart. And then last year, at the end of the year, he really came on strong, and I'm trying to look up his splits here now, real quick. His second half ERA was two six five, and you know, honestly, I just kept thinking to myself. I, I picked him up in a league last year at the end, and I'm just thinking to myself, this is gonna end eventually, right? I mean, it's Irvin Santana. I mean, what are we talking about here? And it just never did. Like he was just good, just really good, um, and it's carried over into this year. Oh, I guess you got to worry, like, maybe he's going to get caught doing something again. Uh, but I, he looks like the best pitcher in baseball right now. In fact, I think he is, according to ESPN's, like, player raider. I think he is number one, actually. I want to look that up. But while I am looking that up, what do you, uh, you know, what do you think of him? Are, are you selling high on him, or do you think this is like the new Irvin Santana? Well, first off, I uh, I don't think it will be Irvin Santana at the top of the player raider. My guesses would be Chris Sale or the legendary Jason Vargas. It's actually Dallas um, Keuchel, then Chris oh, Sale, then Kimbrel, and then Irvin Santana. So interesting. <laughs> Go Dallas Keuchel. No Hall of Famer. <laughs> no Hall of Famer. Jason Vargas. That's uh, interesting. Anyway, no. so he's, he's close. <laughs> he's seven. Ugh, Jason Vargas, get out of here. Um, <laughs> so loser. The main thing that pops out with me, Urban Santana, this year, and like you said, I mean, if you extrapolated his stats from the second half of last year to what he's done now, it's it's pretty remarkable. Um, so the speaking, weak contact of he's Jason Vargas, speaking of Jason Vargas, he's allowed six runs in like two and a half innings so far. Hey, today. so there finally. you go. Jason Vargas is back. Gosh. He's allowing home runs again. Uh, finally, <laughs> there right. <we> go. <laughs> we, we kept been telling, telling people to like, sell, sell, sell. I screwed him over <laughs> for five weeks and I finally, 
Okay. Anyway. Oh, he is so going against my contact. Pineda. <laughs> oh, anyway. Uh, That's funny. Soft, the soft percentage has gone up 10% higher, not just last year, but his career. I mean, this guy has had a very long career. Um, you know, it just, it's almost it, like it clicked overnight or something where he just, he's always know he's always had an aptitude for the game. He's always known how to pitch batters. And that has certainly, you know, put him above some of the other guys and his same skill set. But I'm not, I'm not seeing anything else other than, you know, he's given up less hard contact and he's had an easier schedule than most pitchers. Yeah, that is something else I wanted to bring out. I did look at his schedule. I was like, wow, you've played like nobody. You've played like two good teams and one of them crushed you. So that is interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to trade him, though, right now. I mean, he's been really good for almost a full season now. So it's getting to the point where it's like, eh, if you want to visit Santana, you're going to have to pay for him, like, big time. So, I mean, yeah, if somebody's really trying to, you know, if somebody wants to give you, I mean, I, I don't even know. Like, if somebody wants to give you, like, a Carlos Martinez, would you do that? Oh, easily. Yeah, I mean, like, but I think, like, that's the type of caliber pitcher it would take to get him at this point. He's been good for a long time, right? I wouldn't give him yeah. up for, like, a struggling guy or just, like, an average, you know, you know, type of type of pitcher. It's not – he's not that type of pitcher anymore. Um, whether or not we want to believe it because we've been playing fantasy baseball for long enough that we, we probably don't believe it, but it comes a point where it's I've like, got- all right. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I've got one for you. How about oh. Kyle Hendricks for Urban Santana? Ooh. Man. You know, the only reason why I would say maybe on Kyle Hendricks is because I think in the long run he'll get more wins, but I hate chasing wins. And in fact, most of my leagues is all quality starts anyway. But in a league that does wins, I think Hendricks could potentially at the end of the season have more value. Um, but that's that's tough because I wasn't a big Kyle Hendricks fan at the beginning of the year. I kind of thought last year he got extremely lucky. Um, and I, I didn't think he was going to come close to his numbers from last year. So that's a tough one for me. Not that I liked Irvin Santana. I didn't believe him at all. I had him ranked horribly to begin the year. I'm not going to lie. So <laughs> I was like, is Irvin Santana? Pfft, whatever. I don't care what he did for the last, you know, 12 games of last season. That, that's not Irvin Santana. Well, okay, maybe I'm wrong. So, you know, I'm going to switch things up on you here. I go a little out of order only because I'm watching St. Louis Cardinals Red Sox game right now. Mike Leak, he's having – a career year, you would easily say, right? Um, a below two ERA. Um, you know, the strikeouts are right where they normally are, right around six. Nothing great. Um, he's really not allowing any home runs. Babbitt is extremely low. So 
So there's a big indicator that's like, all right, something's going to give, right? But I don't know, man. Like, I'm watching him tonight, and he's just taking it right to Boston. They can't do anything to him. And uh, I don't know. Like, he just seems like a different pitcher. And I forget what I was reading the other day, but it, I guess he's he's throwing his, one of his pitches a lot more now or something. But I'm looking at his stats, and it's not – the case. I don't know what I was reading then. Um, but, I mean, what do you think about Mike Leak the rest of the way? It's funny that we mentioned him right after Irvin Santana, because that's kind of they've got similar styles of play. Um, they've got similar, obviously similar uh, outlying stats. Um, you know, I kind of think yeah. he's just a hold a hold guy. You just hold on to him. Another guy you probably got off the waiver wire. Yeah, um, I did. Everywhere. Same here. So, I mean, obviously it doesn't hurt to float out a one nine four ERA to the rest of the league if, you know, if they're into that kind of thing. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just holding him. Nope, me neither, but. Yeah, because, I mean, like, what? yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, what are you going to get for him? You know, nobody's going to trade you, like, a legit good pitcher. Um, you'd have to buy into, like, a, like a Michael Pineda start here that it would keep up and, and you know, can think the leak would just come crashing down type of deal. I think, I think you'd be trading risk for risk at this point. Um, I don't think anybody's going to give you – Really, anything that's trustworthy, good going forward. Um, not in leagues that that I play in, at least. But you know, I'm sure you know there are leagues where somebody's going to make some bonehead move and and trade Mike. You know, trade you like well, okay, Arietta for league, Arietta for Irvin Santana. I take Arietta pretty easily oh, in both instances. Both. I mean, that's oh, it's, four, it's, four both? it's hard. No, 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 for just either one. But I mean, like, oh. that's the type of, like, you could see that deal being made in, like, certain leagues, you know? Because it's a guy that's just totally done with Arietta. It's been a month and a half of mediocre baseball, and those guys are killing it. It's not it's not a totally unfair trade. You'd get you would hear some rumbles, but I'd honestly have nothing I'd I'd have I'd see nothing wrong with it. I wouldn't veto it. And I'd be pretty Mike mad that somebody got Arietta <laughs> before me, but uh All right. <laughs> so and and Mike Leek just I think just got on base, so there you go. Um, so a couple more pitchers here. Rip through these. We got Gio Gonzalez and Lance Lynn. Another, another uh, NL Central guy there. Um, couple, couple NL pitchers here. What, what are we thinking about both these guys? So one of my favorite two stats. One of my favorite things to do is to combine these two stats. Home run per nine and left on base percentage. And what that tells me is, okay, this guy's given up a ton of home. You know, if you look at a pitcher and you say, okay, he's given up 
you know, 1.75 homers per nine, which is awful, and yet his ERA is sparkling. You know, okay, what, what's going on here? So both Gio Gonzalez and Lance Lynn have high home run rates and high left on base percentages. And what that's telling me is they're getting pretty lucky with some of the homers they give up with, well, obviously BABIP as well, you know, but left on base percentage, that, that's crazy for Gio Gonzalez specifically, 1.41 home runs per nine, 92% left on base. Wow. Lance Lynn, 1.59 home runs per nine, 85% left on base. And, I mean, both guys, well, Gio Gonzalez – He's had at least three walks in each of his last six starts. Lance Lynn never gets ahead in the count. So you just – nothing I see from either of these guys is very good. But both of them have name value, unlike Irvin Santana and Mike Leake. I mean, people remember Lance Lynn and Gio Gonzalez as glory days, and they're like, oh, man, they're back. Or you can at least sell it to them that way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely getting rid of these guys if I can. I mean, I've been burned by them more than once. So it's uh, – that that's – wow. A, do you think you said 92% left on base percentage? That's right. That's unbelievable for a starter. Like for, for a reliever, like a really good closer, you can see that, yeah. right? But like – right. A, a starting pitcher, I mean, that's usually what down in like the seventies, seventy-five, seventy-five right. is about average. <laughs> that's that's crazy. So um, he has a four point four one walk rate or walk per nine. Ooh. One point four one homer per nine, and a two point four seven ERA. It's pretty stupid. Yeah, that's. That's that's going to come crashing down, and it's going to hurt whoever still has him. So back over to the hitting side, we've got two guys, and, it, and it, this was the one that, look, it was a week or so ago that I said um, I would be willing to trade Chris Owings for Cargo. That was the one that I didn't want to give away because I was going to bring up Chris Owings. Now, it's different now. And it's a really good point you made to me before the show. It's different now with him because Pollock is out for, what, two, three, four weeks maybe? So Owings' playing time is pretty rock solid still. Not that it wasn't to begin with, um, but I just, I don't know. We had this discussion about Owings a, a few weeks ago when you were trying to trade him in our Dynasty League. And my thing with Owings is like, look, he's never been all that good. I mean, he's has kind of been an average player. I mean, he's still young enough that, I mean, I could click for him. But I think uh, since we had that discussion, I mean, has he really done much since? I mean, he's still sitting at five home runs. He might have stolen a few more bases. But – I just I don't think he's really that special of a player. I think he just went on a little hot streak there kind of early, and people were really hyped on him. Like, oh, man, this guy's like stats. If he keeps up his pace, he's going to be incredible. 
No, he's not going to keep up that pace. I mean, even all the projections still have him below 10 home runs and like in the middle for stolen, you know, in the middle teens for stolen bases. Now, maybe that's selling him a little short, but, you know, I think one of the big things to see here is that they don't project the games and the plate appearances to be super high for him for the entire season. And there's a reason for that. The Diamondbacks infield is crowded and they still have Kettle Marte down in the minors who I think think at least I thought this to begin the year they want to have come up I mean they didn't trade who they traded to to have Kettle Marte sit in the minors all year long at least that's my opinion but I'm all for selling high on him and just willing to get somebody who I think is going to have a position and be steady all year long because I think Horace Owings at some point is going to lose playing time so I like you mentioned I have both Chris Owings and Brandon Drury in Dynasty and I'm just torn between okay which guy is going to be better long term because both guys can play out. Both guys have the position flexibility. And I'm like, okay, which guy do I bet on? I feel like it's going to be one or the other. It won't be both. But I I won't harp on my own team. Nobody wants to – nobody cares about your fantasy team. Um, So – Tell AJ that. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. The projection systems that you're looking at, I believe, are you looking at on the main Fangraphs page? I am. Those are rest of season projections. Rest of season, okay. Are they? So if you're adding, so if he ends up at 10 homers, 25 steals, I mean, that's, who would you, so let's put it this way. Who would you take between Chris Owings and Gregory Polanco rest of season? Because they're pretty much the same player. I would probably buy on Polanco because I don't think the playing time is going to go away for him. And I think he has, I think he still has more upside. Like he has at least shown the pop is potentially there. Chris Owings never has. I mean, he's look, he hit five home runs and I'm looking at his games played in the last two weeks. He's done next to nothing since we talked about that trade in dynasty, which I don't think you actually were able to pull the trigger on. Um, he's done almost nothing. So, and right. he's still playing a lot so, because Arizona's been banged up. So, so that's the kind of deal you make, like you mentioned earlier, where you're buying Polanco at his at his summit or whatever, and you're buying Owings at his peak. Yeah. So maybe maybe it's one of those things where, like, it's projected that Owings with with Pollock and uh, Peralta out. Well, Peralta just banged up, but um, he's going to hit toward the top of the lineup. Maybe you wait a week and you see if he does really well, and then you sell that. I mean, even increases value, and sell that to somebody who's willing to give up a Polanco or Bregman even. Yeah, I mean, I. Bregman's hard because does Bregman really steal? He kind of does. 
Not really. I mean, that'd be the one thing about Owings is Owings steals. So, like, if you're going to get somebody who's not hating for power and yeah, who is re- stealing bases, then you at least want somebody who's doing at least one of those back. <laughs> and yeah, if you're in a categories that. league, I, I I wouldn't trade Owings. I don't know. I just don't think he's going to – I mean, the steals are nice, but I don't think he's going to do enough for you the rest of the way. I, I'm all I'm all for getting rid of him, but we need to finish up here. And the last guy that we have highlighted at least is Keon Broxton. And I really only bring him up because he had such a good like week and a half stretch recently, and he's been back on everybody's fantasy radar. Um, I mean, are are you believing it? Or are you looking at a strikeout rate of 38% still on the season and going, no way am I believing that he can keep this pace up? If you're asking all the other owners in our Dynasty League, absolutely, I believe he can keep it up. Keon Broxton is the next (laughs) next Mike Trout. He wants to trade you Keon Broxton. Yes. Yes. But you're not asking them. I just say, really, the guy needs a 409 BABIP to have a 258 average. Yeah, it's it's painful to own him. I do in one league. I've dropped him and picked him up at least once in that same league because he'll go on stretches where he's over. 15 with 12 strikeouts and you're like I don't know like how are you ever going to hit a ball again so it's it is definitely painful and I don't know what to say about him I think like I mean but you see it though he goes on those stretches where he's just amazing and you're like you're so good just stop hitting just stop swinging at stupid stuff right but I don't know It, he's he's a tough one for me. I mean, I don't I don't think I'm I'm really I don't think I'm gonna trade for him, but if he's sitting there on your waiver wire, I don't see why not. Just grab him. Maybe something does click. I mean, I was watching uh over the weekend I was watching the MLB network and they were doing a little a little bio on him that he he changed his hand recently that the the brewers were always trying to get him to like pull the bat back and but he would always like before the pitch came he'd always kind of pull his hands forward and then he'd like lose sight of the ball and like swing through it but lately he's like they just said you know what you put the bat where you want to put it and now he's finally starting to hit a little more consistently so maybe that stays if you want to buy into that then sure, I just – I'm not sure I fully buy into, like, stuff like that. But, look, these guys on MLB Network know way more about all that kind of stuff than I do, so perhaps they are right. But it it it's hard to see almost a 40% strikeout rate and believe he can be consistently good. Um, so the last guys that I, you know, pick one of them, pick two of them, Give me 30 seconds on each, whatever. Danny Duffy, Cesar Hernandez, Mark Reynolds, and Mike Moustakas. 
are any of these guys real sell high guys? I mean, dang Duffy, like I'm surprised sell high with him. I mean, that's people really like Danny Duffy. Am I missing something here? Uh, that was just something I threw on there. You know, where the ERA and the whip, the outlying stats are kind of suggesting he is playing out of his mind. And I, I mean, the more I watch Danny Duffy, the more I think that the 2016 strikeout rate was an outlier. Oh, I and believe you there. So, you know, what really, what really doesn't, what does he have? If, I mean, if he's not, especially like in a rotisserie league, if he's not getting wins with the Royals or strikeouts, you know, he he's prone to blowups. Whip's not great. Yeah, look, I, I'm just, I'm kind of out I'm, on Duffy. I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, look, I've never been a huge Duffy guy. Like when he, you know, got transitioned from the bullpen over, it was kind of like, all right, this guy's okay. Um, he was never great. Strikeout rate, like you said, was never phenomenal. Um, ERA was always better than I thought it should have been, and you could see that from the FIP. And the XFIP numbers that, you know, were behind it, it was always better than it, than it seemed like it should have been. But, you know, like you said, there's always guys that beat their FIP. Julio Tehran's always been one of them, except for this year. Um, and, I mean, yeah, I mean, his strikeout numbers are back down. So maybe it's the type of thing where, again, yeah, last year was kind of an outlier. So that's that's an interesting one. Because I, I, I think you could get a lot for Duffy. People really like him. Yep. So, but any any of those hitters, I mean, Cesar Hernandez, Mark Reynolds, Mike Mustakas, and any of those guys, I mean, you really trying to sell high on them or you just kind of believe they're going to keep it up? Mustakas, he, he sucks right now. They're not doing anything. Is he finally starting to hit? Uh, he's done all right, hasn't he? I don't know, man. I wouldn't have been on here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, nine, nine, nine bombs, batting two fifty. I didn't realize that. Did he on a little tear? I thought I looked him up a few weeks ago, and it was kind of like, eh, he wasn't doing all that great. Um, he's I mean, one, there's some things two, that you could sell. Three, four home run, yeah, last couple weeks. Yeah. There's some things you could sell with Mustakas as far as you know this this uh this power surge and. You you can tell the you can tell the person you're trying to sell him to. Hey, you know he's gonna get traded. You know. Royals are going to abandon ship here. He might get traded to the Red Sox. Just put, you know, just put some things in the near opponent's head and see if he nibbles. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I've never been a huge Mustakas fan, so I'm fine getting rid of him. I think the other two, I think you're going to have to hold. I mean, I don't think a lot of people believe in Cesar Hernandez, and I think people eventually are going to think that Mark Reynolds is going to get you know, get benched. I mean, it's Mark Reynolds uh, and that the Colorado team, you know, they're going to get healthy. We think Dahl is going to come back eventually. I don't know what's going to go on anymore over there, but, you know, I think once Dahl comes back, Reynolds is to the bench. I mean, what what else are they going to do? I mean, they've got to. Desmond is going to play first base when, when their outfield is, is, is there. So I think that's a hard one. So I, I kind of think that's a hold. I think you're going to be forced to um, in most leagues. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but I think that's that's kind of where we're at with them. 
Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And the same thing with Reynolds as with Zimmerman. Uh, Reynolds is is having a career year. I mean, you probably oh, yeah. know you know probably know him from the the Orioles back in the day. He's hitting forty bombs, and it, I mean, it's man, it's just nuts. It, it's, his batting average is a full ninety points above his career batting average. It's oh, it's unexplained. All right, so I'd like to finish the show. I don't think you've ever been on when I've done this, but I'd like to finish a little show with some Twitter questions. Oh, yes. Pull out the music. Um, <laughs> oh, yes, it's fantastic. Um, so we will answer one that you and I both got on Twitter here. Um from our good friend Super Twelve Joe, I was offered sale for McCullers, Lynn, and Sal Perez um, in a head-to-head redraft. Thoughts? Now you did ask a follow-up here. Um, he's got Gary Sanchez, a catcher, as well, and I think we never had to give the answer because he pulled the trigger anyway. But would you have actually made that deal knowing you had Gary Sanchez behind? Sal Perez. Yes. That yeah. was a yeah, that was a kind of a slam dunk for me. It's one of those you know, you see it in all fantasy sports, that guy who sent you the trade. Here, take my three decent players for your one elite player. Right. And it usually works out in the favor of okay, who's the best player in the trade? And Sale is that much better than McCullers. I know McCullers is having a great season, but we, you know, he has an injury history. You know, he has a history of losing command at times. Um, we talked about Lynn. I'm, I mean, in a way, yeah, that's kind of funny that I gonna, this question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's going to be a waiver wire guy, and Sal Perez becomes expendable in a one catcher league when you have Gary Sanchez. So exactly. Exactly. Yep. I'm I'm all with you on that one. Uh, so this is the guy that I told you is in a, an eight-team league, D-Hodge, 3-4-3-4. And these are the questions I get from him, and I'm just going, oh, my God. I, wouldn't, I would have no idea what to do in a league like this because there's just too much talent available. But he's asking me, Shaw, Desmond, Duvall, or Belt, pick one, and he's in a points league. I already answered him. What would you say? Shaw, Desmond, Duval, and Belt. Pick one. Desmond, the fact that he only has right? the fact that he can't. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Desmond. But the fact that you only have you can only pick say. one. Like, so ridiculous. Um, just uh, he he always asks me about closers because I guess they can only own two closers and he's in an eight team league so there's like a thousand closers available in his league, but he keeps asking me. Um, I'm trying to find one of them. Uh, yeah, like Ramos, Bush, Brock, or Wilson, pick two, and I'm like, oh my gosh, no, all of those guys should not be available. Like, ah, it would drive me nuts. It's like my, my friend back in the day played uh, – he played in this league 
that limited the number of running backs you were allowed to own on your fantasy team to four. And it was like oh, a 10-team league. So I'm like, every week I'm looking at the, at the waiver wire going like, I want that guy, and I want that guy, and I want that guy. But you can't drop your four studs. You've got four top 15 running backs. But that's crazy. Those guys shouldn't be there. And I'm like, I would never play in a league like this. So it's sometimes people think smaller leagues are easier, but I actually think they are more stressful <laughs> because it yeah. is a constant battle on the waiver wire to figure out who you want over the other. So pick a poison. Uh, that's what I'd say. But anyway, man, that is it for the show. Um, you know, hopefully we helped everybody kind of get an idea as to what to look for when you're making trades. You know, now is the time to really go after trades, I think, and that people are souring on these players that are supposed to have done really well. They're finally starting to really give up. The The patience is not there anymore with them. Um, and, and these guys that are off onto these, off at these hot stars that you didn't expect it's time to really evaluate it and think, is this really sustainable? And can I go after this guy that his bad pace isn't sustainable? If that made any sense and, you know, kind of reverse this and get the best of both. Cause you got the best of the guy that you didn't expect it from and that's going to fall off. And then you're going to get the best of the guy that, you expected it from the beginning, but he hasn't given it to anybody yet. So I think, I think, uh, you know, that's the type of thing you got to look at. And, and like I said, you can always hit us up on Twitter at fantasy six pack. Um, Tyler's the real Wody. And, um, and we'll always help you out with trades. We, you know, we, we do it all the time on Twitter. So make sure you, you ask us and, and ask us before the trade. I do get somewhere like, Hey, I made this trade. Was it good? It's like, does it matter? <laughs> does it matter? I'm always just like, yeah, it was a fine trade. Even though I hate it. Cause like, what am I going to tell him? No, it sucked. Go undo it. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> um, so yes, make sure you always ask before. Do not ask after it does not matter. I, so Anything you need to add there? No. No, I'm good. All right. Well, uh, AJ is back next week, so I think uh, expect to have have him back in, in Tyler's seat next week. But, uh, you know, we'll make sure we get you on as a guest again. And we do that pretty regularly, so expect to be back on soon. So that is it for the night. Everybody, uh, hope you enjoyed it and see y'all next week.